Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. I'm coming to you this evening from Bulgaria, where I have had a fine time. I can't get into it too much because I'm saving this story for the show that I'm here filming. But, uh, yeah, someone shat their pants on the flight and I felt really sad for them at first until I realized it was an incredibly drunk man who was playing music from his phone like a teenager on the bus. And I've just never experienced this in my entire life. I've taken a lot of flights before. They're usually, you know very good airlines lately if those still exist post pandem i feel like all airlines have really gone down in my estimation uh, because a lot of them even the best ones fired their staff or they did this tricky thing of letting all their staff go and making them reapply for their jobs because they had to make cuts during the pandemic all right i understand there was less travel but obviously that travel is back now And you need to pay people in the service industry, people in the travel industry properly if they're going to deal with this influx of customers and passengers and if we're ever going to get back to normal. And I just don't know what's happening. But this shit was not a staffing issue. It wasn't at all. The cabin crew dealt with it beautifully. But people started getting up. They didn't want to sit next to this man who was very happy just to listen to his music and sit in his shit. I mean, he was a megastar. He was wearing sunglasses the entire flight. They stood up and they wanted to stand at the front in my special area, which is fine, except it causes like a weight imbalance issue. We cannot all be standing at the front of a plane. Like I said, I can't get into it too much. I'm saving this story for a different day, but also I am so excited. Today has been one of the best days of my life. If you can probably hear the pep in my step, Because I found out today that two people that I know are probably fucking and they shouldn't be fucking. And it's just, I just love it when that happens. It hasn't happened for me in a really long time. I've been suffering through a drought of gossip and I don't like nasty gossip. When someone's in trouble or someone's sad, you know, that's bad. But I have found out today about this very exciting spicy new romance and I mean it's just so exciting for me it's it's just I'm so grateful for this day for this opportunity to hear about it I just love it so much and I have to keep it to myself if you know a secret and someone desperately wants you to tell them all you have to do is say all right can you keep a secret and the person goes yeah 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 and then you say so can I And then you show loyalty to the person who chose to give you that spicy little nugget of tea and you don't tell anyone. Of course, I did tell my husband. Of course, I told him. I tell him everything. And he loved it. He loves gossip as much as I do. And I might have to tell my sister because she's removed from these people. You know, there's no, there's no like, I might, oh, I I struggle not to. Yeah, I'm not going to tell anyone else though. This special little gossip is just for me. 
And I haven't been doing much else except for work this week. It is still the trial period of like, can I work away from my kids? And I feel like Violet doesn't care where I am. She texts me all day anyway. Fred is 14 months now. And I figured, you know, if I'm going to keep working in this industry, I'm going to have to leave him sometimes. Lots of parents do that. He's over a year old and it's been going really well. And some of the benefits are I am sleeping through the night for the first time in 14 months. Not every night. I do wake up looking for him sometimes, but most nights. And I just had some of a Toblerone in bed. That was great. And uh, I'm able to focus on my work. And like that is important. So if you are a parent and you're feeling like, oh, should I go back to work? Only you know when it's like best for you and your child. But after they're a year old, certainly. I mean, you can have some nights away from home, especially if you've got a support system like my husband and my au pair, Violet, slash teenage daughter, Violet. I'm just, I'm having a great time. I get some time off of this project soon because my European tour is kicking off. We have shows that are mostly sold out, but if you're able to get tickets, I would love to see you there. Sometimes you can get singles or two tickets together from the venue direct. Sometimes we release production tickets on the day. I mean, usually we will release a few production tickets on the day. So don't despair if it's sold out. Um, You could still contact your venue and ask uh, if they anticipate production tickets or uh, come to the venue a few hours before when the box office opens, if that's possible in your area. And this isn't just my show. This is most shows. I will be in Stockholm, Copenhagen. This is all from memory, by the way. Oslo. Helsinki in Finland, where my best friend Caitlin lives. She'll be at the show if you've ever wondered what Caitlin looks like. Um, uh, Harlem, Netherlands, Harlem with two A's. Paris. Now, because I speak some French, people have asked, will you be doing your Parisienne shows in French? Absolutely not. I don't speak enough French slang to do comedy in French. It would be a disaster. Though, there is this amazing comedian... Well, there are a lot of French comedians who are really great, but one called Blanche Gardin. I need to watch more of her because if you're learning a second language, I really feel that listening to comedy in that language is a really good way to pick up conversational, you know, rhythm and slang. And when I listen to her comedy, it's challenging for me because I really have to go, okay, wait, this is not the kind of French that I learned in Canada when I was 12. 12 is the last time anyone taught me any French, so I really need to brush up. That's one of my goals. I am very lucky to be home three days a week during this job, and during those three days, I do lots of things with the kids. Violet is 13, and she does a few things by herself, so she'll go out. We have a little, um, what is that kind of tea? Kids love it. It's called like bubble tea. It's like a thick sugary drink with balls of tapioca awful I've always hated it if you are a tapioca tea company looking to ever send me any tea or a sponsorship please save us both the embarrassment I mean children love you even when it became big in my age group when I was young I was always fucking sickened by it I think it is nothing more than a hideous surprise to be drinking a sweet drink and have a ball of like jelly appear in your mouth through a thick straw no 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 and how come they're still allowed straws all the rest of us are sucking on like melting paper to save these turtles who are being choked by covid masks and the boba tea bubble mubu tea people get to have like big 
fat ass plastic straws. Do you know Violet went through a phase of loving this tea so much that I like bulk ordered different flavors of these teas, tapioca balls in all these different colors, takeaway plastic cups with the special lids and big thick straws. She was like, I'm going to start a bubble tea business. That never materialized a lot like the slime business, but I'm a sucker. I'm like the worst dragon on Dragon's Den. Like anything she wants to do, I'm like, yes, I invest. Let's do it. And then Bobby is like, what is all this shit? And then he has to clear it out of the house. He's, we're a good team. But um, I was somewhere with Fred and we were inside this place and Violet was joining us and I told her the directions of the place. So she rocks up alone and there's a man in an alleyway smoking by the bins and he says, hey, are you meeting someone inside? And Violet shoots him this super dirty look and he said, I asked you, are you meeting anyone inside? And she said, yeah, I'm meeting my mother inside. And he said, oh, okay, well, it's right up here. Do you need any help with your bags? I'm the owner. And he was a really nice guy. And Violet came in and she was mortified. She said, oh my gosh, mom, this really nice guy welcomed me here and like asked me if I needed any help. And then he let me in for free. And he was just so super nice. He asked me if I was meeting anyone. But my instant reaction was to give him this shit look. And I said... Don't apologize for that. I think you should have gone even harder. If any strange man that you don't know is smoking by some bins and speaks to you, I expect my daughter to come back with, fuck off, pedo. She's like, I can't say fuck. I said, yes, you can. And this is from, this is lifted from a Ramesh Ranganathan bit where people were annoyed that his kids were swearing or someone criticized him for having kids that swear. And he said, I want my kids to swear because if someone comes up to my child the wrong way, I want my child to turn around and go fuck off pedo as a natural reaction. And that's, I'm paraphrasing the bit. It's a really funny bit. But Violet was like, I would never say that to someone. I said, you can, and you must. And Bobby was with us and he was like, no, Violet, you can't be saying fuck off pedo to any man who talks to you. I said, she absolutely can and must say fuck off pedo. Now, Here's where I know I've, I've split you because you go, well, a lot of men, a lot of men listen to my podcast. Thank you for listening. If you ever want to write me a letter, if you disagree with me, if you agree with me, if you have a question, if you have a comment about something, the address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. A lot of men listen and you'd be like, well, hang on. He was helpful. He was the boss. He was trying to help your daughter. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is we need to teach good men, all men, that women who are vulnerable on their own, specifically young girls who are alone on their own, unfortunately have been trained not to be polite to strangers. That is a reality for us. Even though the majority are nice, there are some who have the wrong intentions. And so you would probably want your daughter or your niece or your vulnerable minor family member, person that you love, to be standoffish with a stranger. Uh, People read you right away. And I've said this before, my experience at Hooters is that it was a wonderful place. Kids eat free on weekends. It's a family sports bar. We got really busy during games. Being a Hooters girl is like being a cheerleader. No one ever said anything out of line or lecherous to me. And I don't mean to victim blame. 
but there were some girls who worked there who constantly got asked like guys would want to buy their underwear and sick shit like that and they would make them feel uncomfortable and it's not these young women's fault but I would try to teach them like approach a table as soon as you take their drink order approach the table with authority the way you carry yourself will dictate you know the rest of your interactions with these men it really sets the tone not always you know you could be doing everything right and you could still be treated the wrong way or you could still be assaulted you know I'm not trying to say that uh you know it's impossible but in that setting it helps you to have a backbone it helps you to be assertive to be confident it kind of like weeds out some predatorial behavior some so when a man is stupid enough to think that I haven't taught my daughter to be standoffish with him then that's not my problem like if you are a man especially if you can see what you're a man who's not in a uniform it's not clear that you work at the business you're just smoking by some bins you should know not to speak to a teenage girl because that teenage girl will have been trained hopefully to be standoffish with you if I was a man never in my life would I approach a 13 year old and be like hey you meeting someone inside like I hope you get kicked in the balls I'm sorry but if you did if I was a man and I got kicked in the nuts first I'd be like oh yeah fair enough I forgot that a lot of people will try to like say weird shit to you or kidnap you that's the world we're living in whoops I forgot my bad I'm a nice guy but I forgot that of course your mother has trained you not to talk to me so I said Violet the next time and you're anywhere and any man says a word to you if you're with me and Bobby if you're in this different scenario, yeah, strangers will speak to you and you can be polite back. But if you're on your own and a man or group of men speak to you, your reply should be, fuck off pedo. And then it just jolts them, you know, what? What did that little girl just say to me? Yeah, she said, fuck off pedo. Speaking of children, Nick Cannon, who we have talked about before on this podcast, he is a very successful creator, producer, rapper, music person, content maker, prolific podcaster. I mean, he's he has had a long career. No one can take that away from him. He is obsessed with having children, and he has just announced that one of his many babies' mothers – Brittany Bell is expecting his 10th child. Now, here, here's a quick rundown of Nick Cannon and his babies, mothers, and his children. He famously had twins with Mariah Carey first. This was years ago. I don't know when. Probably early 2000s. Or maybe. Like, how old am I? No, because those kids are not 20. It would have been like 2010s. Those babies are called Moroccan and Monroe. Then... He had two babies with Brittany Bell, Golden and Powerful. That's their names. What's your name? Powerful Cannon. Pardon me? Yeah, my name's Powerful Cannon. What? Yep, PC, Powerful Cannon. Okay. Then Abby de la Rosa came on the scene in between Golden and Powerful, I think. Um, And she had Zion and Zillion. Zillion Cannon. Zion Cannon. All right, Zion I love. It's a beautiful name, but like... And Zillion's fine too. I guess when you want to do alliteration and you've gone with Zed, 
where do you go from there? Zebra, Canon. I mean, I'm reading a lot of baby books right now. There are not a lot of options for Zed. Zillion, it's unique. And Alyssa Scott had a baby called Zen. Ooh, I wonder if that caused problems between Abby de la Rosa and Alyssa Scott. Because Abby has gone with Zed for the names. And she's got Zion and Zillion. And then Alyssa comes in and she's like, here's a Zed name you didn't think of. Zen. Boom. Oh. Although I think when you spell Zen in like Chinese language, I think it's meant to have an X. I think Zen is spelled X-E-N. But she spelled it with a Z. Fine. And Brie TC has a baby called Legendary. What? So it's difficult to keep track. And then very sadly, I mean, this broke my heart because I was laughing about Nick Cannon having nine children. And one of them sadly passed away last year. And that is just the pain felt by his mother and that family and by Nick and everyone around. Like, I just can't. I can imagine losing a child because I do have friends who've lost children and that's a reality of life for a lot of people and there are wonderful support groups if that is something that has touched you or your family. But I know from what they tell me is the pain just never goes away. It just comes in waves and you can kind of feel the next wave coming and then it comes and it's horrible and it passes and then it comes, you know, you just, it becomes part of your life. So God, you know, whatever I think about Nick Cannon and this type of family dynamic, it's very Mormon, isn't it? Because all these women are on board. Like, no one seems to get mad. Brittany Bell, she, I think, is his main girlfriend, but she knows about all these other ones. It's never, like, a case of cheating. Basically, Nick Cannon established himself very early on with everyone apart from Mariah Carey. Because he was married to Mariah Carey, I think. Yeah, they had, like, a monogamous relationship. But now, I mean, he talks about it publicly all the time. He's like, monogamy is not realistic for me. If these women want to have my kids, that's great. I need to have as many kids as I can because I have lupus. That's his excuse. He goes, well, I don't know how long I'm going to live because I have lupus. So I just need to make as many kids as possible. And I think this is a terrible excuse. Number one, because I also have lupus. And Nick and I are not going to die anytime soon from lupus. And number two, because, oh, my, my your own mortality is not a reason to orphan more kids like think about your kids like I I sort of feel like I need to be around to raise my kids but not a man not a man he's like I'll pay for them and I'll continue to tour and I'll pop in and see them when I can <sighs> it's just very difficult for me to wrap my head around the style of relationship that a lot of men who are considered very good dads have with their children the idea is and I'm sure a lot of men don't like this. I'm sure a lot of men would rather work less and stay home and see their kids more. But these famous men, like Nick Cannon, they're like, well, I'll pay for them. So what? They have mothers. They have families. They know I love them. I'll buy them presents. I'll see them when I can. But ultimately, my life is about me and procreating like Genghis Khan, though with consent. And I'm going to be on the road and I'll do whatever I want, make loads of money and send this money back to the kids. And if you're sending money, everyone's like, oh, great. But what about these kids when they go, you know what? I would have really liked to hang out with Nick Cannon. No, that's that's unlikely to happen. All right. Here's an article updated just yesterday, keeping track of all Nick Cannon's kids and his children's mothers. He has an impressive brood at this point and shows no signs of stopping. 
He claims every single child was intentional, and he told a radio station in July he don't have no accidents. And in July, he also said it's safe to bet he's going to father three children within the next year. Oh, my gosh. So, Abby de la Rosa, who already has these twins, golden and powerful, revealed she's expecting another child, which would be his ninth child. Oh! Oh, so really, if you count the one that tragically passed, he has 11 children, and I would count that one. Oh, my God. So two of them are pregnant right now. Oh, I had it wrong. I thought Brittany Bell was the only one having... Oh, my God. So both Abby de la Rosa and Brittany Bell are currently pregnant with Nick Cannon's ninth and 10th children, or 10th and 11th, depending on how you're counting. Oh, when Brittany Bell announced the pregnancy of uh, Nick Cannon and Brittany's daughter, powerful queen Cannon, <laughs> he was in a relationship with someone else, with this model called Jessica White, but she never had a baby by him. So I guess Jessica White was like, I'm not into this. Good night. Okay, and then he kept, why does Nick Cannon keep having twins? What's happening here? Because twins don't run in the man's family, I thought. I thought that twins were when a woman, like, genetically, in her family, they often produce two eggs in one month. Or one egg can spontaneously split, and then that's identical twins. Maybe the father's DNA has something to do with that. But Nick Cannon has a lot of kids. Oh, Zen is the one who passed away. Okay, so we are counting Zen. Fine. Ten kids. Well, look, here's what I think on that is if you choose a family arrangement that is not traditional but that it works for everyone in that family arrangement then fine polyamory is something that the young people talk about now they're like oh you know i could be in an open relationship and why would you want to stop someone in a marriage from fucking someone else i don't have to understand something for myself to uh, give my support to someone who likes it that lifestyle is absolutely not for me 1,000% not for me, but I do appreciate that some people are absolutely fine with it. And in these like very religious American communities and probably some Middle Eastern communities too that I know less about because they do have fewer reality shows, if a man is happy to have multiple wives and the wives are happy to share childcare and time and fraternize or I guess sororitize with loads of different sister wives, then like, so be it. I think these women, these mothers of Nick Cannon's children, they they want to have his children. They don't care about each other. They, they're probably all friends. They get together and like, I don't think we suffer from an underpopulation problem in this world, but then I, sometimes I hear that we do. And that's why all this like abortion stuff is going on because people are like an export, are like a natural resource what did they call it they had some crazy name for it oh i know what it was it was domestic supply of infants when they were discussing all of these women's health regulations in america they said oh our domestic supply of infants is low and elon musk keeps saying the same thing but my favorite thing when i watch reality shows about polyamory there's one with this like blonde hunk called Cody in America. I think it's called Sister Wives. He's like a, allegedly this Utah hunk. He has different wives. And they're all usually happy. Sometimes they have little spats and things. But ultimately, they seem fine with it. 
And he has to buy them each like an identical house and keep them all very equal. And that stresses him out. Every time you see him, he's miserable. And that really tickles me. So, I mean, good luck to Nick Cannon. No, I'm not outraged. The only thing that I think is annoying is that like women are not capable of this scientifically yet unless we get surrogates women can only have a very finite number of babies every year we cannot have we can't be pregnant and be like oh well one of the babies I'm pregnant with now is Nick Cannon's and the other one is Elon Musk's and then I'm also pregnant with like Cody from Sister Wives baby we can't be pregnant I mean listen there are instances it is it is possible but very rare that you could release two eggs in one month and have sex with two men in two days and sperm from one man could get into one egg and sperm from the other man could get into the other egg. That is entirely possible. Or you could go to an IVF clinic and you could create several embryos with different sperm and you could have multiple embryos implanted, transferred, and hopefully implant that same month. So there, you could be pregnant those two ways by different men at the same time. There's also a very rare outside chance. Sometimes a woman releases an egg after she's already already pregnant, like a month later or a couple weeks later. That's super rare, though. So we're talking about like an astronomically low outside chance. And also you're not going to find an embryologist at an IVF clinic who implants or who transfers. Sorry, I shouldn't say implant because... You guys know that you do a transfer. It does not always implant. I think you have like a 30% chance each time. But no one's going to do that ethically. And also, it's physically dangerous. A twin pregnancy is even more dangerous than a singleton pregnancy. A triplet pregnancy is very dangerous for you and the baby. Quadruplets, you know, it gets more and more dangerous. So it's hard for us. But a man can have like a thousand babies a year. If he has energy to have sex with three women a day for the whole year and happens to successfully impregnate them, which he has a, you know, he'd probably impregnate maybe a third of them if he did that. But look, there is inequality there. And Nick doesn't have to go through, you know, he hasn't been pregnant 10 times. Imagine that. Your tits would be on the damn floor. Elon Musk is another one who has a thousand children and his dad has a thousand children and just had another child. All right, how many babies does Elon Musk have? Oh, God, digging into these men. They must have, there's got to be a level of narcissism here. That's the other thing. It's like, it's not about the kids, is it? It's about you procreating and like spreading your fabulous seed far and wide across the world. That's what it's really about. Here's a little mid-podcast trivia for you. Who do you think has more children? Elon Musk, Nick Cannon, or Boris Johnson? Hmm. Well, it's very tricky because I feel like Nick Cannon uh, knows about all of his children, and I can't say the same for the other two. I know that Boris Johnson will admit to having at least seven children. At least is a worrying statement. And Elon Musk has some rumored secret children that he might know about but doesn't publicly talk about. But, I mean, none of that is substantiated. But uh, So he admits to having – so Nick Cannon is about to have 10. Elon Musk admits to having 10 children with three different women. The billionaire shares six children with his first wife, Justine Wilson, the late Nevada – oh, my God. 
See, this is the thing. When you have this many children, the statistics, like if you look at families, when I did my ancestry and you look at families who grew up a long time ago or on the farm or whatever, they'd be like, oh, yeah, and then this one died of the measles and then this one, and it's just like, oh, there's heartbreak. With life comes heartbreak as well. Well, I don't like Elon Musk particularly, but I'm very sad that he lost a child. Okay, so Nevada, twins, Griffin and Vivian, triplets, Kai, Saxon, and Damien. Then Musk and musician Grimes have two children, the one with the crazy name with all the letters that I don't really know how to say, and then they also had another child called Exa Dark Side Real or Side Real, another name I can't really say. And then most recently, it was revealed Musk had twins with a Neuralink director of operations and special projects, Siobhan Zillis. More twins. Why are they having twins all the time? Wait a minute. Do Nick Cannon and Elon Musk have a bet? And also, are they are they having IVF with these women? Like, you can have twins naturally. And IVF, again, a lot of embryologists will not even implant to embry- transfer two embryos into a young patient because like there is a risk that it'll split and it'll be three and that'll be dangerous for you but why are these guys having twins maybe god does give them like special powers so that they can have many children maybe god wants and by god of course i mean the universe wants nick cannon and Elon musk to have a lot of kids so Musk has stated his reason for having many children is to encourage and prevent population collapse, which he believes could happen because fertility rates have gone down and people are choosing not to have children by people. I think he means women. We didn't have a choice for a while. If you were fertile, you were pregnant. Whether you were choosing to have sex or someone was choosing to have sex with you, you had no protection available and it wasn't really up to you whether or not you got pregnant. And what's happening now is women have careers and they're going to school and they're working and they have access to information so that they can do natural birth control. Uh, They're being assaulted, hopefully less. And they have access to like medical birth control. And so they're having fewer kids because guess what? That's not our main purpose on earth is to grow all these babies that you're going to give fucked up names to. Oh my God. What is population collapse? Underpopulation crisis. He says a collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civilization faces by far. Hmm. And he likes people who have big families. All right. Elon presumably responding to yesterday's report that he had secret twins last year. He now has nine known children, now 10. But he's a multi-billionaire who can pay for a big family. Not everyone can. I don't know, guys. I guess my final thought on it today would be that in theory there's no problem with a millionaire or billionaire who can support his children having a big family unless those children actually want to see their dad frequently I think there's a finite amount of love and attention well not love but there's a finite amount of physical and emotional attention that you can give a bunch of different kids who don't live with you um If you are the parent who doesn't live with your child, that's not you I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you have like a growing number, if you want to have 25 of them, then you know how hard it is to facilitate the admin of seeing your kids. How are you going to see 25 of them in 10 different homes? Seems difficult to me. But my main issue is that there is a gender imbalance with this. And when you talk about domestic infant supply, 
women are the the suppliers you know you can pay for it and you can facilitate it all you want but it actually takes like physical work from us time you know we're the machines to make these babies for you and so that is where you know it to say oh we we don't have enough babies these women need to have more babies and we need to make more babies and put them in them it's like that takes us out it's a risk to our health every time it takes us out of work and maybe some women want to be out of work but like it, it, this population shit I don't, I don't know what do you think email me telling everybody everything at gmail.com email me about anything you like let's take a break now we will listen to some words from our sponsors and when we come back we'll see what emails from you i already have Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Ooh, this looks like fun. Catherine, I need your perspective on whether or not I have acted completely irrationally or logically. I love that you don't know whether you've been completely irrational or spot on, 100% logical. Let's see. A few years ago, I decided to quit my job and train in a completely new sector. Whilst training at my new college, I got chatting to a lecturer who works in a different department to the one I attend. Things developed and we began seeing each other. Our sense of humor and personalities matched very well and we had a great time. It ended abruptly while he was struggling with some mental health issues around Christmas and went cold. It was a year post-nasty divorce for him and I think the way things were progressing freaked him out. I'm not justifying his behavior but just offering some sort of explanation well, you can't really explain someone else's behavior. I feel like it's very dangerous in any relationship to narrate someone else's circumstances or like, you know, chain of events to be like, well, you know, you did this. If you're in a fight face to face, you can never say you did this because you don't respect me and you don't see all the work that I'm putting in. You don't do this. Never do that. You have to say, I feel disrespected. I feel that I need more support. I feel overwhelmed by how much I am doing and I don't always get recognition for it because that's all you're responsible for is like your feelings. And I think what you've done here is gone, he's gone cold on me and now let me put it in a bunch of little boxes and explain why he's gone cold on me. Oh, I know why it is because, you know, he's in his early 40s with two children and he's had a divorce and like maybe you're right, but you can't get into that because you don't know. I know that it feels like it's good to understand someone else's situation, but all you can do is go, I had a boyfriend. I was seeing him. He went cold on me at Christmas. That's all you have to deal with. And you go, huh, is that acceptable for me or not, regardless of why? All right. So he was in his early 40s with two children, and you were in your late 20s with no children. 
I know this age gap will disappoint you, but he's hot. (laughs) Well, no, this age gap does not disappoint me as much because I think your late 20s, your frontal lobe has finished developing. It's okay that he's older than you. You know, my age gap issue really takes hold when someone is a teenager. So if you're in your late 20s, you know what I mean? Do what you want to do. Anyway, fast forward to a few months ago. After only exchanging polite pleasantries since we called it a day, he gets back in touch. He informs me that he's been diagnosed with skin cancer and was in a bad way mentally. In the following weeks, I morph into practically a home carer. I'm doing everything I can to help, cleaning his house, helping with food shopping, talking every day and offering emotional support, offering to drive him to hospital appointments, spending time with him and his kids. He eventually goes for the big operation. Tumor is removed and it hasn't spread. He has to have some immunotherapy for a while, but mostly he has the all clear. Things are looking up. Well, what kind of skin cancer? I'm sorry, but skin cancer, you know, cancer is not a great word, but it's not so serious that you need a home carer, especially if this lesion has not spread to any of his lymph nodes at all. Then he's like stage one skin cancer, melanoma slightly more serious, but I mean... Come on, this man's in his 40s and he needs you to come clean his house because he's been in the sun too long? As things are getting better for my own sake of mind, I decide to mention to him that my feelings for him never went away. His response was, you guessed it, nothing. No reply. I decided enough was enough and stopped all contact. My question really is, have I acted like a complete and utter bitch to a man who thought he was dying? Or have I been completely taken advantage of by someone who knew I wouldn't be able to not get emotionally invested in such a situation? For clarity, he has no parents and only one sibling, and he's not very close to that sibling, so he didn't have anyone else to turn to. Your opinion's appreciated because although I think I've scraped together the last of my self-respect and walked away, I can't help but feel guilty. Ugh. So you can't feel guilty because we've all done this and it is very nice to be an empath and to help someone who's in need. And sometimes you do that without expecting anything in return. And this has to be one of those times. You did a charity for an old man in your neighborhood who you used to fuck and you didn't get anything in return. And you can wash your hands of this and go, oh well. I did the right thing because, again, your behavior and your response to other people's behavior is all that you can control. You can't control him. You can't explain him. You can't get into his head and crack the code of like, well, you know, he was treating me this way because he. it doesn't matter why he was treating you this way. Again, he wasn't treating you the way you deserve to be treated. And you did nice things for him and you said you still had feelings for him. And it does sound like... He doesn't have serious plans for your relationship moving forward. And and he doesn't need to go further than that. He's got a mess. He's got an ex-wife. He's got kids. He doesn't talk to his siblings. He has no parents. Okay, sorry for him. But you don't have to put your young life on hold to be a man's home carer when he isn't showing you the respect you deserve. So you've done nothing wrong here. Um, Have you acted completely irrationally or logically? No, you acted logically. You did what you... What is in your soul to do is look after someone. But this relationship is absolutely done. Don't think about it again. It doesn't matter why. It doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter what energy you put into it. You cut that energy off now and you move forward today. And that is good news because you figured it out today. You didn't figure it out tomorrow or a year down the road. And you don't have kids and you weren't married to them and you're still in your 20s. So go and be free.
Ooh, Catherine, should I have told her about her cheating husband? My younger and gorgeous friend was living a state away in the U.S. and kept calling me about an older man she was having an affair with. At first, she didn't know he was married. He was her manager at some silly restaurant. He love-bombed her, and she was calling it off when she found out. But because he was her boss, he kept scheduling her with him and telling her he couldn't stop thinking about her. His wife is basically a model, stunningly gorgeous woman who works for a charity, by the way, an absolute powerhouse, amazing human. He would tell his wife that he was going to drink with his friends and watch sports while he was really going to see my friend and have sex. She showed me the wife's social media at one point, and a large part of me really just wanted to out her cheating husband. I was raised to keep my nose in my own business, so it was a struggle for me. But looking at it from all angles, I would have sent a DM. I wanted to let her know that her hot yet shitty husband, who I know is a manager at a shitty restaurant, is manipulating the young woman he works with into sex. He also told my friend he loved her throughout the affair, but never mentioned leaving his amazing wife. My friend has since moved home and met a great guy, so I'm really happy for her, but I can't stop thinking that I should have messaged this guy's wife. And this breathtaking woman is just living with such an awful man and probably thinking their lives are perfectly fine. I love your advice, so what would you have done? What would you want to happen if this was your life? Some random girl from a different state coming into your DMs telling you facts about your husband, who she says is a cheating asshole. I hate that I didn't say anything, but I was raised not to. Oh, it's tricky because I was like, Ugh, you stay out of this mess in my head. And then when you said that your friend wasn't seeing him anymore, I was like, all right, well, your friend's at least removed from this asshole. And then you said, what would you want to happen if it was your husband? Well, if it was my husband, I would want to know. But I... I'm a lot more emotionally resilient than some people are. I don't really know this woman's situation. like, And neither do you because some people now especially have an open marriage where it's fine. And the arrangement is just don't embarrass me and do what you want. I mean, that's very possibly not the case with this woman. <sighs> ah, I see your dilemma. Basically, what happens time and time again is when a man is eventually outed as an asshole or a cheater or a criminal, it takes a big event. And then all these other situations and women come out of the woodwork and they go, well, yes, he was abusing me too. Or yes, he was cheating with me too. Or yes, I know what you're talking about. But it takes like a catalyst and then a lot of things come out. So I think there are lots of scenarios where people didn't want to rock the boat. So they sat on information and they wanted to say something just like you did. Look, at the end of the day, I have to say that as much as I would want you to tell me, you do not have firsthand information. You have secondhand information. You didn't fuck him. Your friend did. And maybe what you need to do to appease your upbringing and what you know is right, but also help this woman. Because I feel like that's what you really want to do is you don't want this woman to continue to be in a relationship with someone who habitually cheats on her with young women from work, especially if they have kids. You know, like he's a creep. He's with these like, it's a, there's a power imbalance there because he's the manager and he's scheduling these girls and love bombing them. I don't like it. But maybe talk to your friend who's in a happy relationship now 
presumably she's told her partner about her previous relationship and just be like, you know what, you're out of this mess. You can see it now, 360, what it was. And I don't think his wife deserves to live this way. Maybe you should tell his wife that you're gone, you have a new life now, you're with someone else, but in a roundabout way, however you feel is appropriate, let her know that she can't trust her husband. It has to come from your friend. I don't think it can come from you. Yeah, your instinct's right. I think keep your nose out of it. I would want to, I know why you want to tell her, I know, but you really can't tell her when you are not the one, you know, what you, everything you know is hearsay. Ooh, Catherine, can you go to stand up with a baby? I've been wanting to see you live forever. I've missed you at the Fringe before when I lived in the UK. And now when I move back to Sweden, where I'm from, I plan to go see you in September, which has now been set back to this coming September. The thing is that this year I managed to have another baby that's now three and a half months. But with you being pregnant again, God knows when you'll be back in Sweden for stand up. So my question is, can you take a baby to a stand up show? I mean, it's mixed up and such, but it's not as loud as a concert. She'll be too small to stay at home with her dad as she's been exclusively breastfeeding and I'd have to travel and stay in Stockholm overnight. People go to concerts with babies all the time. Is it doable or am I being delusional? Only you know your baby. There was a bit of a Twitter storm last week or maybe the week before when a British comedian, Matt Ford, tweeted that someone brought a baby to his Edinburgh show at the Fringe and that baby cried and people didn't take the baby out. And he said, this is not appropriate. Like, don't let your babies cry in shows. And loads of people liked this, retweeted it. They commented on it. It caused a little bit of back and forth discussion. And this is the thing. I think if your baby will be in a carrier and, you know, I've seen many small, small babies at comedy shows. And I personally would not have a problem with any baby or any child or teenager coming to my show. The venue sometimes has age restrictions. Everything that I say, though, even if it has swear words, I think is empowering or goes over a child's head. So I never feel weird when I see kids in comedy shows. I trust that their parents have made the appropriate decision for who they know their children to be. So if you have a freaky baby that you think is not going to be settled and is going to scream and you're going to have to take them out, it might be stressful for you. If you have a freaky baby who might scream and cry and you are going to sit there and let them cry during the comedy show, again, that disturbs people around you. So I wouldn't recommend doing that. But especially a three and a half month old in a carrier, like if you think they're going to sleep and you're going to be able to enjoy the show, have a glass of wine and you're prepared to get up if the baby cries and disturbs the people around you, I think it's absolutely fine. I don't I don't care at all. I think it's a wonderful thing to do a nice night out with your baby in Stockholm. Um, I think I might check with the venue just to make sure you get let in. But I mean, in my experience, you walk into somewhere wearing a baby. People rarely ask you to take it off. I think if you started having a coughing fit in a comedy show, I don't mean a cough here or there, but one of those coughing fits, let's say you choke. I've done, I did it the other day actually. And Fiona was doing my makeup. I was talking to her with eggs in my mouth, which I shouldn't have done. And I got a piece of scrambled egg in my lung. And I was coughing and coughing the way my mother taught me to cough when you're choking, which is in through the nose, out through the mouth. Never breathe in through your mouth. You cough like in through the nose, out through the mouth until it's gone. 
Fiona thought she was going to have to save my life. And I was like, ah, ah, if you can hear someone, they're not joking. And if I had one of those coughing fits in a comedy show or made any type of noise that was going to disturb someone, I would take myself out. It's the same. If your child disturbs people, take your child out. Otherwise, have your child there. I don't give a shit. I would love to see you there with your baby. Um, Check with the venue just to make sure because I don't always make the rules. Oh my gosh, I'm going to do one more and I have to leave Bulgaria. Um, This one might make me angry. I haven't read it. I've just read the title, which is My Mother-in-Law Hit My Son. Yesterday, Catherine, my mother-in-law was due to babysit for my sons, aged 11 and 13, while my husband and I attended a wedding. As I was upstairs getting ready to leave, I heard a massive whack and then screaming. I ran downstairs. My 11-year-old was hysterical and said, Grandma hit him. I immediately told my mother-in-law to leave. I said that we do not hit our children and that she had absolutely no right to hit him. She said, I do hit children if they're being naughty and showed no remorse. Since then, my husband has been to see her. I was at the wedding by then and said that she was very upset, but doesn't think she will apologize. I want her to apologize to my son, as obviously you can't go through life hitting people and you should say sorry if you've hurt someone. Since this happened yesterday, I've not heard from her or from my father-in-law. My husband is now cross with me. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. As he says, I'm creating a big family row. I'm totally pissed off. Am I wrong to expect an apology that may never come? Should I be the one to raise it? Many thanks. Love the podcast. Oh, my God. Attached is a photo of my son's back. He was walking. Oh. He was walking out of the room when she hit him. He has got a welt and like a woman's handprint on his back. What the fuck? Oh, okay. Once again, you can't control your mother-in-law. You can't demand an apology from this woman. What is an apology anyway? You know, if she gives it to you, she doesn't mean it. She has been very clear that her beliefs are that you can hit children if they're being naughty. And I don't know if you've ever spoken to your husband about this, but I presume she hit him growing up. And so your husband has normalized this. And even though he doesn't hit your children, he's like, yeah, but my mom hit me and that's what my mom does. You know, like it's amazing what childhood uh I would call it like indoctrination, but it's not that. It's just like what your culture was growing up, you accept is like, well, that's how my mom is. I don't think you can deal with this woman. She's a grown woman. She's not your responsibility. Uh, I would let the family row die down. I wouldn't raise it again with her because there's no need. Like I don't ask questions if the answer A doesn't matter or B is going to be a lie. You're not here to change like a 60, 70 year old woman. All you can do is deal with your son. So I would say to my son, grandma is from a very different generation where people did hit kids and kids would go to school with nuns who would beat them with rulers. And we didn't understand everything we understand now about how to be kind and how to encourage good behavior and discourage bad behavior. And in this family, obviously, you know that we think it's wrong to strike people. We're not going to change grandma because she's old as shit. But don't worry, your father and I are never going to hit you. And we would be very upset if you hit anyone else. You felt how humiliating it was and how much it hurt when grandma hit you. So that's why you never hit anyone. And isn't it lovely that we have evolved? Grandma will not look after you again because I'm going to protect you. um, And I don't want people hitting you. So we love grandma. Grandma's in our lives. But she's not going to hit you anymore because you know, we can't change grandma. And you're going to have to pay for a babysitter going forward. 
And if she asks then, like months down the road, hey, how come I haven't been alone with the children? Be like, you can see the children whenever you want. You're their grandma, of course. But because of our differences with how we raise children, you can't babysit them. And then your son's going to be grown up in like two years anyway, three years. So it's not going to be an issue for very long. But just be very relaxed about it. Don't try to change, argue. The apology really is neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. Explain to your son that you're going to protect him. Explain to your mother-in-law if she raises it why she can't be alone with him in a very chilled out way with a glass of white wine in your hand, chilled, dry. And just be like, oh, because you hit kids, so you can't watch mine. It's no big deal. Anyway, what's for dinner? Listen to my voice. It's because everyone smokes here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all your questions. I will get to more of them next week. Please keep them coming. Email me, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be a question. If you want to tell me something, if there's something you'd like to hear about on the podcast, uh, maybe you'd like to start hearing guests on the podcast in the old time. I haven't been calling my sisters, honestly, because I don't know, a lot's going on over there. And one of them is opening a new salon and they're just quite busy. My mom has her own podcast called Jewels Says if you ever want to listen to that one and um, I you know I might have Fred on the podcast because he is talking up a storm he would make an incredible guest yes he's only 14 months old but my children are very articulate so um, write me anything you like telling everybody everything at gmail.com I am on tour in Europe all September most of I think just mostly September really Oslo Copenhagen Did I already say Denmark? Yeah, that's Copenhagen. Stockholm, Harlem, Netherlands, Finland, Paris, wherever. Just look on livenation.co.uk. Never buy tickets from a reseller like Viagago. That's usually a scam. Uh, Buy direct from your venue, from Ticketmaster or from Live Nation. And I will see you there. Please get my book if you don't already have it. It's called The Audacity. But most of all, I love that you listen to this. Please write me if you've never written me before. I always want to hear what you have to say. See you next week. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.